Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Let's go to the Word together. We've been speaking about Emmanuel. This is part six. And you know, uh, when Leo came to me and said, I think Emmanuel is what we want to be talking about through Christmas, to be quite honest, I didn't have any thoughts or messages. And I've been amazed how much God continues to bring into this space. Matthew 1 verse 22 says, All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through His prophet. This was the message. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now for the observant here, let me say just one more time that Emmanuel in that scripture is spelled I-double-M-A-N-U-E-L. You can tell that we've been using E-double-M. That's because the Hebrew is E-double-M. The Greek is I-double-M. You can write down whichever one you like. We don't mind at all. The truth is still the same regardless. It's about God with us. And I want to speak to you this morning about His presence, His withness, and my future. And I want to go as far away from the Christmas story almost as you could imagine we could go. I want to go back to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33 is a part of this whole thing of God with us, and it speaks to that. So even though I'm not given a Christmas message, it resonates and echoes all the way back from Exodus 33, all the way up to Matthew chapter 1. His name is Emmanuel, God with us. So let's read a few verses out of Exodus 33. It says this in verse 1, Then the Lord said to Moses, Depart and go up from here, you and the people whom you've brought out of the land of Egypt, to the land of which I swore to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob saying, to you and your descendants, I'll give it. Watch verse two. He says, and I will send my angel before you and I will drive out the Canaanite and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Hivite and the Jebusite. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey Watch this, verse 3. God says, For I will not go up with you. I will not go up in your midst, lest I consume you on the way, because you are a stiff-necked people. Hold a second, Jeff. I thought you said this is about God with us. It is. But in Exodus chapter 32, the famous story, uh, the Ten Commandments was on just yesterday on television. It's the longest epic movie on the planet, I'm sure. goes for about six hours. And the funny part about it is in the movie, they all speak King James English. Miriam is there with Moses and Moses' mother. And she says, forsooth and verily go yonder. But anyway, that's beside the point. The reality is that Exodus 32 is the story of the Ten Commandments. Moses is up on Mount Sinai getting the stones with which God has written the Ten Commandments by his very own hand. 
God's handwriting is on it. But while he's up there, all the people go, we think God has left us. We think God's no longer with us. We don't know what's happened to Moses. He's been gone over a month. So you know what? Let's make our own God. And out of that comes the story of the golden calf and all that. Moses comes down and is so angry with these people that he smashes the very thing God made. It goes on and tells you he grinded into, ground it into fine powder. And then he made all the people drink powdered rock. It's a pretty wild story. Moses then is where we're picking this up in the next chapter, where God says to this man, you know what? I'm not going to go up. I'm not sure how I might respond. These people obviously are not uh, wanting me to be with them. And he offers Moses a deal that is better than what they ever had before. See, God had told them way back in the land of Egypt. He said, I'm going to take you out of here. I'm going to take you up to a land flowing with milk and honey. It's full of giants. It's inhabited by all these people. But I'll be with you while you drive them out. That's why verse 2 and 3 are so significant. Because God says to this guy, Moses, you no longer... Uh, need to worry about driving out. I will do the job for you. You will turn up and there'll be no Jebusites, no Hittites, no Perizzites, no Vegemites, no, oh, sorry, I had to get that in. No, anybody else is in there. I will send my angel ahead of you. And all you're going to have to do is walk in. Before God said, I'll go with you while you drive them out. Now he says, I'm not going to go, but I'm going to give you everything you've longed for, everything you've desired. I'm going to give you the whole thing on a platter. You won't have to work up a sweat because I'm going to take care of all of the obstacles, all of the problems. I know some of us here would love a life that was promised to us of God, no more problems, no more difficulties, no more opposition, no more things to overcome, no more things to battle, no more struggle, no more fight. And that's why Moses' response to this sweetheart of a deal, better than what he had before, is so remarkable. Let's go down to verse 11. Says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. And he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, didn't depart from the tabernacle. Then Moses said to the Lord, Here it is. Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you haven't let me know who you'll send with me. Yet you've said, I know you by name, and you found grace in my sight. Verse 13, now therefore I pray, if I found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. God says to him, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Verse 15, listen to Moses, just been offered the sweetheart deal of his life. No more problems, no more challenges. How many people here right now are going, sounds good to me? 
That sounds like a sweetheart of a deal. No more family conflict. No more things to have to work through. Everything's just gorgeous. Everything's the best it could possibly be. Never having to drive out and face any opposition. How many people right now are going, I wouldn't mind a few less enemies. I wouldn't mind a few less problems. I wouldn't mind a few less challenges in my life. Amen. Or am I the only one in the whole building? No, I thought there'd be a bunch of you. Look at verse 15. Then he said to him, God, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't move us from here. God, if you aren't going to go, we don't want to go. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight? Except you go with us, so shall we be separate, your people and I, from all the people on the face of the earth. What is it that marks the life of a follower of Christ? It's not that your life is easier. It's not that your life is just nicer. The thing that marks the life of a believer is this, that no matter where you go and what you face, God is with you. So the Lord said to Moses, verse 17, I will also do this thing that you've spoken For you found grace in my sight and I know you by name. Verse 18, he said, please show me your glory. I'll send an angel before you. But Moses understands a profound truth. And the greatest blessing that anyone can receive is actually God with us. Moses, in that verse 15, we'd rather spend the rest of our lives in tents in the wilderness Because where he is right now is not a great place. It's a desert place. It's called a wilderness. It was called the wilderness of sin. And so where he is, you can only survive there by miraculous provision. And on the other side, where they've been aiming for is a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a land where there is a great opportunity And Moses says, God, I'd rather stay in a dry desert place if you're there than go over there if you're not going to come with us. The reality is that God with us. Now, I know if you are not a Christian here, and and there'd be people that are for sure, you haven't yet made a, a step of faith and trust in Christ to save you. You might believe in God like lots of us did. But maybe for you personally today, you go, I don't know that God's with me. I don't know that he's walking with me. I kind of hope he's there listening, but I don't know that he's with me. Can I say to you that if you've not experienced that, it is quite impossible for any of us, for me anyway, I cannot put into words what it's like to know that God is with you no matter what. I don't know how to explain it quite frankly. I have not always had easy things in life and that no different to anybody else. Uh, But to know that God is with you is a remarkable thing that I think we don't often perhaps treasure enough, but the reality is that it's God with us that makes the journey worthwhile. And sprinkled throughout this story, there are some powerful insights into what God with us 
looks like. Are you ready? Number one, God with us is the ultimate expression of God's heart for humanity. It's not what he does. It's not his answers, his miracles, or his blessings alone. God says, I will go with you. Hebrews 13, 5. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He didn't say, I'll never leave you if you're good. I'll never leave you if you really behave yourself and you go to church a lot and read the Bible and pray lots of good prayers and and help lots of people. He didn't say, I'll be with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. Never, ever. Never means not ever. Never means no chance. No way. He says, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. And the truth is, you can walk with God and know that every day of your life, He's there. You may feel Him there or you may not, but He said, it doesn't matter, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there no matter what. The ultimate expression of God's heart, think about this a minute. The entire miracle of the Christian story is about this one thing and this one thing alone. That the God of heaven said, you know what? I'm God and I'm in heaven and it's all sweet, but I want to be where they are. That's the entire Christmas story. The entire Christmas story is God wants to be with us. God looks down at humanity that's a screw up in so many ways. It's pretty hard to pick up your newspaper or watch the television news or listen to it or check it on the web or whatever on your news feed and miss the fact that across the planet, so much of what we do is not healthy and not great. And so God isn't saying, I will come and be with you in church. Because that I get. He says, I'll be with you no matter where you are. My friend and your friend, Pastor Danny Guglielmucci, uh, just got this week the all clear from the cancer diagnosis he'd had. They said that's completely well. But, yeah, that, that's worth applauding. But he rang me yesterday. He said, he said, Jeff, I'm in hospital. I said, what's going on? He go, well, they're not sure whether it's the result of the chemo or, or some other thing. He's got some infection. He's laying in a hospital bed a couple of days before Christmas, thinking like I would. I don't really want to be here at Christmas time. His surgeon, who I met a couple of years ago, a beautiful Samoan man, uh, looks like the second row of a, a rugby union team and not at all like a surgeon. Well, in my head, surgeons should have long, slender fingers. This guy's, they're not long and they're sure not slender. They all look like my thumb. And... Uh, and this guy comes and sits down next to him and starts asking Danny. Danny's the patient. He's the surgeon. He's the specialist. He's got all the education. He says to him, what do you think happens when we die? I, I don't know about you. I haven't had that conversation with too many surgeons. He says, do you think God sends an angel to warn us? It's our time. And he starts asking all these profound and beautiful questions. And Danny's sitting there with tubes in his arms start sharing the good news and the hope. He asked him, he said, do you still miss your son who got killed two years ago, I think, struck by lightning? Danny starts weeping. And he says, oh, it's still 
Tenerich says, of course it is, I miss him all the time. And this guy sitting there with all that he had starts talking to him about God with us. Well, finally, the surgeon, who wasn't there to do anything, he said, I'm just leaving to go back to Samoa. And he said, oh, I just wanted to say hello. And by the way, I've got Pastor Danny's permission to tell the story. I don't have the surgeon's permission, but, but you don't know him anyway. Mind you, if you Google Samoan surgeons, Google Samoan fullbacks, there's about 100. Anyway. So the surgeon finally goes and Danny says, or the surgeon said to him, he said, you pray for me, don't you? He said, I pray for you almost every day. Well, after that, in comes the orderly to deliver the meal. Uh, Let me ask who's the patient here. The orderly puts the meal down and says, you know, I used to go to church. I've lost my way. I feel like my life is, he just drops all this. No, no questioning by Pastor Dan. My life is bound by these habits I cannot control. And he starts naming them all. And he says, I just really need God's help. And the guy who's all wired up is the one who's giving the ministry and the help. See, the truth is that God with us is not God with us when we are in church, when we are going great. It's God with us no matter where we are. It's God with us. You can be in a bad spot. That's not a great spot to be. But God with us is no matter where we are and where we go. Here's the second thing that God with us means. God with us means unlimited grace with us. Unlimited grace. Three times in this chapter, God says to Moses or Moses says to God, mentions not only God's withness, but God's grace. Listen to me. Wherever God goes, grace has to go. Wherever God is, grace goes. You go, Jeff, what is, what's grace mean? Well, I've come up with a new definition. I hope it'll help you. I think that God's grace is God's willingness regardless. God's willingness regardless of our life. Do I deserve God's help? Have I earned God's help? A thousand times no, because if I earned it or if I deserved it, it's no longer grace, but it's a reward. Grace means I didn't deserve it. I didn't earn it, but he gave it anyway, regardless. Think of how the Pharisees, the religious leaders, they accused Jesus. One of their most common accusations was the people he hung around with. Who did Jesus want to be with? They said, you know what? You keep hanging around prostitutes, sinners, tax collectors, like a low. And they kept on accusing Jesus because of who Jesus wanted to be with. And when I walk around this city, I'm constantly, often anyway, aware that there are people that Jesus wants to be with that I don't want to be with. Because they smell or because their behaviour is so erratic or because something about them offends the way I live. And yet, Jesus wanted to be with people 
that never deserved it. And the people he least wanted to be with was the people that thought they deserved it. Come on, church. This is a great Christmas message, isn't it? Little swaddling clothes and what we just need here is little donkeys and camels. Huh? Little smell of straw. Mm-hmm. We can all go, mm, oh, isn't that lovely? Or oh, the pastor was so lovely today. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you something I think far more profound than that. Because I don't know about you, but there are some days when I feel very much like the crowd that Jesus wanted to be with and nothing like the people that thought that he, they didn't need Him. Hello? Come on now. Or am I talking to people that have already arrived? Amen. I'm preaching to the people that have already made it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, Pastor, I have got no more problems. I've overcome them all in Jesus. Oh, yeah. Woo. Hallelujah. And have a little skip. How many of you go, you know what? There are some days when I'm, not, I'm less like Jesus and more like the other guy. Just turn to your neighbor right now and say, I'm hoping you're getting more like Jesus. I saw a few wives there turn to their husbands and go, you are so like the other guy. (laughs) A thousand times no, if I deserve, I am still, I've been a Christian for a long while now. I gotta be honest, I still, My brain, the grace of God just doesn't sit in my brain. Because every relationship in my life depends on obligation and what you deserve. Every one of them. I've been married for 40 years next February. I know. How lucky Rhonda is. Seriously. There are two great days in Rhonda's life. The day she got born again. And the day she found me. Amen. Thank you for reporting that, but I'm going to be in strife afterwards. All I can say is the 40th anniversary present better be good. Amen. I'm going to finally buy her that retractable hose thing she wanted for the garden. Amen. That's a family joke. She actually said to me, she said, well, you know what I want for Christmas? I go, what? She says, I want a retractable hose thing. I said, no. You're kidding me. I said, go buy one anyway. No. I'm not kidding. Can you imagine? Because you'd get up and tell everybody, guess what Jeff bought me for Christmas? A retractable hose. I shouldn't tell you so much. How did I get onto that? Does anybody know at all? How did I stand in there? Oh, Rhonda, thank you so much. Obligation. She, she's listening. I like that. I'm going to buy Rhonda a pendant for our wedding anniversary that's going to have on it 16,832. Because that's the number of preaching messages she's listened to from her husband and smiled through every one of them. Although there was that one you threw the shoe at me for. You didn't. Oh, you thought about it. You told me later you wanted to. Yeah. Sorry, I'll come back. God's willing to help, to bless, to strengthen, to heal, to restore, to promote, to energize, 
to reveal, to speak, to release, regardless. Grace is God's willingness, regardless. So when he says he's going to be with me, he's not with me so long as I perform. He's with me regardless. You, you don't treat me like that. And neither do I treat anybody else like that. We treat everybody like you'd better be good. You'd better measure up. Huh? And God goes, I don't think like you think. I'm still, I'm sorry, I just got to stop a little minute. If I had the band up here, I'd be having a little praise stop right for a second. Just come, because I still get, I still, my head goes, I know that it's true. But my brain goes, God is so not like people. And I'm glad he's not. I'm glad God doesn't look at the people that are in need today and go, yeah, but look what you did. And you made a screwy decision. That's why you are. And, and really look at that. He doesn't look at your addictive behaviors and go, you loser. He says, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. Jesus was with prostitutes. Jesus was with sinners. He went to their homes, even though everyone criticized him. He said, they're, they're my people. And everyone else is going, well, if he was really the Messiah. One point they said, if you were really the Messiah, you'd know what kind of woman she was. And Jesus' answer was, because I'm the Messiah. And because I know what she's like. That's why I'm with her. Here's the third one. God with us is personal. Verse 14 says this. It says, I will, my presence will go with you and I'll give you rest. Now, because I just have got one of those curious brains, I thought, I wonder what the word go means. I did. So I looked it up. So I, I think I need my wife's help, which after all I've said today could be a very dangerous thing to invite her up onto the platform. But Rhonda, would you come and help me today just for a minute? Thank you, darling. I'll give her a... She just dried on my toe. It's okay, I've got another foot. Is there anything you'd like to say now that I've... No, dear, it's fine. Keep going. You said you're doing well. I'm doing well. Mm, keep going. Keep going. Okay, I got that. I, I could feel that look, even though I wasn't looking. Now, this is true, isn't it, Rhonda? That there's a, a picture of when we were dating, of you and I dancing. Was that at our engagement party, where you're standing on the milk crate? I think it was my 18th birthday. Your 18th birthday. Rhonda was standing on a milk crate so that we could be at the same height and dance together. Why have I got Rhonda up here? It's, well, I got long legs. We affectionately call her Rhonda Little Legs. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Can I get a lift home with somebody? <laughs> Matter of fact, can I go home with somebody? I, I'll come the other side so it's easier for everyone to see. So... This has been, if you've ever been anywhere where Rhonda and I are traveling together, this is the way it tends to look, right? We're going to go over there. (laughs) 
Now, I'm with Rhonda, but I'm not walking with Rhonda. God said to Moses, I will go with you. The word go literally means to walk with. That's me and the way I do it. I'm in a hurry. I'm going there. Catch up. I'll pause and wait for you. But this is what, literally, this is what God said to Moses. Now, there's something profound here that I hope you'll get. Who right now is choosing the pace? Daddy long legs? Who's deciding how fast we go? Rhonda is. The slowest person chooses the pace. Now listen, do you know what God said to Moses? He said, I don't care how slow you go. I'm going to walk with you. You stop, I'll stop. You go, I'll go. I find of all the truths about God with us that I know, the most profound is this. God is not racing ahead going, what's the matter with you, you slow coach? Why aren't you better yet? Why haven't you grown? Why aren't you more Christ-like? Why aren't you more godly? God says, that's not what I promised. I promised I'd go with you. Can I just stop for a minute and just say, God, I'm so grateful that you never stood there hands on hips saying why and how come and what's the matter with you? But you just walked with me. And when I was going too slow for everybody else, you said, that's all right. I'm happy to wait. I think that's profound, don't you? What an amazing thing that God said, I'll go with you. God with us is personal. He's not measuring you by your neighbor, by your husband, by your wife, by your kids, by your parents, by anybody else. He's not measuring you according to the spiritual dynamics you know, uh, you know, KPIs, if there are any. He's not saying, well, look, really, you better hurry up. Or there are no remedial Christians. Huh? It's just people that God's walking with. Just give Rhonda a big hand and say, thank you for letting your husband... Anywhere you want to go for lunch today, it's on me. <laughs> God with us is personal. I'll walk at your pace. Here's the last thing I want to say this morning. His presence now is my guarantee of tomorrow. I could not again say this one strongly enough. Again, verse 14, my presence will go with you. That's now. And I will give you rest. That's the future. The guarantee of God's witness is not just a now moment. He says, I'm guaranteeing your tomorrow. And remember this, that Moses is not asking for a small favor. 
It's not a, an individual with a very safe and simple and small life. Moses has taken on the task of a massive vision. Listen to me. He's leading three and a half million people out of slavery to the promised land. That's not a small thing. Some of you here listening to me right now or watching this on YouTube channel or or listening on the podcast, you have a huge vision. Some of you have begun a great vision. And now you encounter obstacles and difficulties and sometimes concrete walls with no doors. And as you face those things, you need to know that the God who's with you is not with you at the beginning, but He's with you all the way through to the end. That the God who began the vision says there is sufficiency for every vision. He walks with me through every season of life, not just through the easy ones. His presence now is my guarantee of tomorrow. Wesley, the great founder of the Methodist Church, reportedly got a letter back from one of the fronts of the war. And in it, he declared that all these difficulties and all this opposition, but he finished the letter. I've seen a printout of it, not the original. But the printout, he finishes the letter by saying, despite all of this, best of all, God is with us. Emmanuel, God with us, is not God going, look, I'll come visit. I'll hang out. When you get those little moments of supernatural and beautiful sense of the presence of God. It's God going, you know what? doesn't matter where you go. doesn't matter what you face. My with you is with you regardless. My with you is with you regardless of the pace. Some of us are in the season, we're running like crazy. We're so excited, we're pumped. Others of us here feel like we're walking through treacle. It's like one step is difficult enough. And God goes, that's okay, because if you're wading through the treacle, I'm going to wade with you. If you're speeding, he goes, who do you think made a same bolt? I can go as fast as you can go. God with us is a wonderful, wonderful thing. I, I do not know of all the things I know about Christmas and love. The truth is the entire Christmas story is that there's a God in heaven who goes, you know what? It's all about getting with you. That's all. He just wants to be with you. Some of us have been told that God wouldn't be with us because we aren't good enough yet. And I hope that this morning out of all that you go, no, well, that obviously can't be true. Obviously, that's not the way it works. God wants to be with me. Please, team, come. God wants to be with me anyway. Maybe some of you here, you're angry at somebody else and so, you know, you don't want to talk to God because you think he's just going to make your make you do things you don't want to do. Well, maybe it's time just to say, you know what? Maybe God will be with me in my stubbornness. That's a thought. Maybe God will be with me despite my sinfulness. Maybe God will be with me despite my brokenness. Be careful, Jeff. You might be giving people too much grace. 
Is that a thing? Is that possible? Not according to Jesus, it's not. Come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Lord, in this great crowd and people watching on YouTube or podcasting, I've got no doubt, Lord, that there are people watching for whom right now the greatest thing they need to hear is that you love them regardless. That you're not standing with arms folded, prodding them and trying to push them on. But Lord, you're with them today. You're with them. You're walking with them at their pace. You're being with them. Thank you for that. There's other people here, Lord, that are, it's racing. It's going so fast. Thank you for all the vision you bring to our life. We thank you that you're the God of the end, not just the God who starts stuff, but you carry us through. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. I pray, God, for anybody here in this place who says, I don't know Jesus. Christmas time, we all think about you, we sing about you. We sing about a way in a manger and hark the herald angels sing and shepherds and wise men. But God, we don't want to know carols. We want to know the Christ of the carol. So God, I pray for anybody here that simply says, I don't know Jesus, but I wish I did. If that's you this morning, I'm going to say a simple prayer that you could make yours right where you are. I'm not going to embarrass you. You don't need to be worried about what comes next. What comes next is you simply saying to Jesus, Jesus, would you come into my life? Would you save me? Would you become God with me? Not just God with them. And if that's you, just say this quietly to yourself. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Help me. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can look this way. They'll put up on the screen for you now the Yes Text number, which has been such a phenomenal thing. We only started this in February this year. Over 200 people so far have already texted yes. 0488826392. You simply text yes, three letters, Y-E-S. The next morning after you do it, 7 a.m., you get a text message from us. If you're from in the eastern states, it'll be our time zone at 7. And you get a, a scripture out of the Bible, specially chosen for you, fits on one screen of your smartphone, along with a prayer that we hope you will pray out loud and make it your prayer. And you get that every day for 30 days, or you can opt out whenever you like. It's all done out of our church here, by the way. It's not overseas somewhere or other. There's no database up there. It's coming from us to you. Pastor Bruce Grant, who was just sitting here in the front row a minute ago. Pastor Bruce Grant oversees all of that. And there are, so far this year, over 200 people have said yes. And some of the stories, I've got back another one just this week, remarkable tales of people that have encountered God through a simple Y-E-S to 0488 826 392. I hope you'll do it. Take one of these slips. They're out at the Connect Hub. Take one of those with you. Maybe you'll think about it during the week and do that. You'll get that. Then after the 30 days, you can continue with the next series that comes after that. Opt out whenever you like. Discipleship is not about us pushing you. 
It's about us welcoming you and inviting you to join with us as we all follow Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, I know that was a fairly unusual kind of Christmas message. I'm not sure that Tim and the other pastors would be preaching like that. But, you know, as I've read the Christmas story again and again this season, I'm constantly amazed that God wants to be with us. I pray that you'll have that kind of Christmas, full of the fun, the food, the presents, all that stuff, the family joy. But I pray as well out of it, there'll be at least a few moments where you can stop and say, Jesus, thank you for being with me, even when I didn't deserve it. 